Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacker and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 You got busted. Quack, 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 quack. Quack. You're looking down. Oh, yeah. Shut up. I wasn't looking at my phone. 12 and... Oh! I'm your host, Adam Chameo. And I'm... Aaron Schroeder. That is right. This is the Quack Twelve podcast. (laughs) What? I can only imagine that people immediately come into each episode annoyed whenever I do my name. I just imagine I must be that fucking asshole. Those people are already gone. They're they're two minutes in the podcast. They listened to that song. They suffered through the theme song. They saw me, you know, like fucking off on my phone. I've already dropped the f bomb. We're two minutes in, brother. Yeah, they're gone. It's they're feeling gone. great. You know, the 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 bandwagoners. They they already jumped off. This is only the true Quack Twelve fans. I have to say, if mm-hmm. you're new to this show because you happen to be a reverse bandwagoner, <laughs> because the ducks are killing it so hard that you are now standing for them. Like, Now's the time, yeah. <laughs> We'd like to say welcome. If you enjoy your time here, please head over to our website where you can learn a whole lot more about us. Uh, we've got a bunch of history links on there. We got a way for you to get over to our iTunes slash Apple Music place so that you can rate and review us. Uh, and most importantly, you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash quack 12 podcast, where for five measly dollars in Adam's words, you can become uh, a super fan and it would be a really nice thank you for this holiday season if we got a couple extra shimoleons. Uh, we've got Whatever a whole bunch of history episodes. We got a whole bunch of Duck D&D, which is where we reinvented Dungeons and Dragons so that we could play football. And Adam, I think we have something else, but I don't remember what it is. So Good times. If you want to watch us do this, head over to the YouTube, Quack 12 Podcast. I'm sure you can just type it into the YouTube search bar and it'll pop us up. Uh, and then you can see Adam's uh, pretty ugly face. <laughs> wow. Now that the plugs are done, Aaron, we have like the biggest week of Oregon football in the freaking world right now. The last time Whoa. we've felt this level of like this Power? game is a turning point. Like either way, this game means just about everything. I would say is when we went to the horseshoe, you know. And beat Ohio State. Maybe that's results driven. So who knows? This game is is truly uh, a huge, huge moment in program history. This game solidified what I've believed in my heart mm-hmm. and then professed over the last few weeks, which is that you can't you can't ask for a better. I mean, 
I try to think of them as individual players, but it's impossible because they play so well together. It is a mm-hmm. one thing. They are an mm-hmm. entity now, if you will. And Camden Lewis. Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm joking, Camden. No, I'm not joking, brother. I don't know why you had to stick a thorn under my toenail so fast. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Because I don't know where you want to start, but I could bring heat now or we can hold off and talk about Washington next week a little later. Well, a little later, yeah. I don't know if you remember a little story about a man who had a problem with his Achilles heel. Which one? There's there's plenty of people with some ACL injury. I don't, who are we talking about? The OG. The one that had one weak spot. Achilles? That's right, baby. <laughs> when the Huskies look at us, I'm sure they see... The one glaring place where they can exploit a narrow margin. Victory. So you're saying they're like, make sure the game's close and that it comes down to their kicker. Well, you know, it's it's funny um, seeing us like, you know, for example, miss that first field goal in the first half, which would have given us, hey. a, you know, a bigger lead. Um, it, many, it makes you many? think back on Washington. On that game against Washington game when so many people were pissed off that we didn't go for the easy field goals. It's like, I'm not uh-huh. sure there is an easy field goal. <laughs> not on this team right now. <laughs> Just, you know, going for the scores. Good idea. I do feel like I derailed your ability to steer the show. And so I apologize, but I have to no, ask, That's do your job. you know how far that missed field goal was? Because last oh, week we both said where we would be comfortable and yours felt oh. a little close it, it a was around because for me i was like i want you to be automatic from like 30 ish and i thought and i that said was, like 35 or 40 i think you said pretty far um i th- i want to say off the top of my head i'm pulling up right now it was like 35 or something like Woo! that let's see missed field goal Boy. 34 it was 34 wow and that would have put us up 17 to 0. It would have been like the third scoring drive in a row to start the game. So, so it, it should be a stress free kick. Mm, I mean, you want it to be Brother, pretty close to autumn. Did you see it's how. College, but. You know, look, I made one user on Twitter really mad. <laughs> Aaron, so we I'm don't sure have time I'm... for this. I'm stopping this. Okay. <laughs> we have to get right into this. All right. Go ahead, baby doll. Wow, I derailed you big. I'm sorry. We have Quaxiball. We have Quaxiball here. Um, I don't want to get too far into this. We're still in the early season. I mean, and I have really, total belief. Uh, yeah, things are rough. Things are looking rough. Uh, both teams, there's still optimism to be had for both teams. Maybe not optimism to, like, win the conference, but to be competitive, to be watchable, to to get better, Oof. and maybe, you know, be competitive. Um, Dark times when you say be watchable. Because be watchable. Not that they're not watchable now. But, but I didn't watch a game. Yeah, but they're on the verge of, like, falling off that cliff of being like, okay, this is real bad basketball. But wow. I'll get into this. We overall had not the worst week. Um, men had two games because they were playing in a tournament, the Emerald Coast Classic, kind of a little 
four team little mini thing. We started off against Santa Clara, which was for it was kind of scary because Santa Clara, the women's team, is the one that just humiliated our women's team the mm-hmm. week before. So it felt like a little, you know, a little ominous. And it was 82 to 88. We did lose that game. Hey, high scores and close. Yeah, and That's one of the win. reasons one of the reasons why it was a high score is because now this team was really built on the idea that we have two seven footers. Yeah, and they're very athletic. They're good scorers, great defenders. Yeah, and we're building it around that. And they've been around the block for a while, so that was like our staple. Then Enfoli Dante once again uh, not necessarily got injured, but his it kind of felt like his previous injuries have been you know acting up. Uh, he played in that first game, but then has been sitting out for a while. And then Nate Biddle got injured uh, with I believe it was a wrist injury if I remember correctly, and so he was sitting out for a while. We were hoping, hey, maybe there's a possibility both of them will be back for this. Maybe one, who knows? In fact, neither of them were. And Foley Dante will be out for about four weeks minimum. Uh, I believe both of them had surgery like this last week. Uh, Dante will be out for at least like four weeks, and he'll be reassessed in four weeks. It's not like he'll hit the court in four weeks. Nate Biddle, our other seven-footer, he'll be out for about eight weeks and will be reassessed in about eight weeks. So we went from a game. <laughs> we went from a team that was like... We're the tall furs. We're seven footers. This is what our our spirit's gonna be. To all of a sudden, it's like, nope, we're small ball. We got to go small ball now. So if we wow. have a successful season, which is not dominating season, but a successful season, then we should be praising Dana Altman for being a great coach because he's had a lot of things chucked at him. Especially Dude, with like Mookie and Shellstad out. You know, in the beginning of the season. That being said, I want to say this. Uh, here's a little glimmer of hope, especially if we're going to be a small ball team all of a sudden, is that Je- uh, Jackson Shellstad did come, our, our promising young rookie, was actually able to play. And he played against Santa Clara and actually didn't play a whole lot because he's still, I think, in limited you know, like time. But um, came in and immediately hit his first two first three-pointers. Also got another bucket. So he got a quick eight points that seemed to kind of matter. Mm-hmm. And overall, the team shot like 33% from three-point land, which isn't bad. Uh, we're always just going to need that number to go up if we're playing small ball. You know, like you got to be accurate. Um, we shot 44% from the floor. We're going to need that to go higher. Uh, this is the this is the fucking killer, my man. Especially, we lost by six points. Okay. We were 12 of 21 from the charity stripe 12 of 21 there's nine free points well, you could have gotten right there it's a it's better than half that is true, that is true. <laughs> we were out rebounded 36 to 39 which probably wouldn't have happened if we had our seven footers out there sure that, we do have a, a young guy, Kwame Evans Jr. He's got some height to him. He scored 16 points, got six rebounds. We're going to be, you know, relying on him quite a bit. And then, so we lost that game, which means we played against, it was actually a ranked team against Alabama, who had Wait. just lost to Ohio State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, against Alabama, we did lose. 
again. It was, uh, and it was a back-and-forth game, and then they'd go on an 8-0 run, and then we'd catch up, and then they'd go on an 8-0 run. So it was a lot of that. And at the end, we did, like, rally back to try to really cut down the lead, but we lose 99-91. to Wow. So not exactly a, a great defensive showing from us, but we scored 91 points. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's It something. seems like. In the positive way, you know how we make fun of the Huskies for playing down to their opponent? Absolutely. Football, it's like yeah, the yeah. reverse. It's like the positive way. At least we're playing up to our opponent. We were only lost by eight points. Yeah. No, not bad. And, uh, like, if you want to get some, you know, good stuff out of this, we were 80% from free throw line, 12 of 15, 52% from the floor, 35% from three. Okay. So we were getting our shots. Jermaine Kuznard got 24 points. Okay. Um, 9 of 14 from the floor, 3 of 4 from long range. Keyshawn Bartholomew could have hit some more three-pointers. He was 0 of 4, but he got 10 points. That's something. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, this is Double what digits. you really want to see. Jackson Shellstad was 4 of 12 from, from the floor, but did score 10 points. Brendan uh, Brendan Rigsby got five points. He had a three pointer. So I don't know. There's there's some reason to be optimistic, especially since up next on December second is Michigan. Mm-hmm. So that's that's gonna be another big game. But then it's UTEP, California Baptist, Syracuse should be more of a challenge. But then Kent State. So things are getting a little easier. Hopefully we can have time to gel, and mm-hmm. we're just going to see what this team is. There well, is talent, but a lot of injuries. So big picture here. Help me mm-hmm. visualize this team a bit more now that we no longer have two seven-footers on the court. Mm-hmm. I would assume a seven-footer is Fairly rare in the sport. There's probably, what, only like 100 of them across the nation? No, well, there's probably more. I mean, for seven-footers that are also elite basketball players, because a lot of uh-huh. teams, you'll have a seven-footer. Uh-huh. Maybe they're the standing least, under the, you know. They're just standing underneath the goal yeah. waiting to grab the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's, that's so, kind of their extent, yeah. Okay, so then uh, when you say small ball, you know, I immediately think, well, it's 1956 and the average player is 5'10", which well, is not true. Yeah. 1956 it's, actually was more like, it was even more about super, super tall ball because the game is literally just rebounding uh, and, funny. and getting it off the back. Like, no three-point shooting or anything like okay. that. Okay. Well, anyway. No anyway, you understand <laughs> my point. Yeah. I mean, our average, the average height on our team is what, like 6'5 still? I don't know the top of my head what that is, but I'll, I'll tell you, like, we're, we're relying on a lot of guards that would be like 6'6, stuff like that. Like, Keyshawn Bartholomew's only like 6'1, Jermaine Kuznard's 6'4. Okay. We're rocking around there. We're not like a puny. We're team. averaging out at probably like 6'3, I bet. Something like that. Maybe a uh, higher. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. It'll, so it's like so, a lot of me's running around. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be accuracy is gonna be the name of the game now. Mm-hmm. You know, it really mm-hmm. is. But also, if they can get even without the tall men, you know, if you gotta play better defense at this point, we gotta you like, know find ways to get more buckets. I was a you know, here's my new philosophy. It probably already exists, but it, 
Mm. For me, it's just popped into my head, and I call it the break and wait. Hmm. Which is when you get the rebound, break as fast as you can to get to the other side to get the points. Yeah. And if that ain't going to work, then just hold the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, this is a perfect wait. transition. Huh? Perfect transition here. Okay. Because uh, let's get into women's basketball. Yep. We all know, so the last game was a terrible 30-point or something like that. Lost to Santa Clara, one of the worst in Kelly Graves. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lost in Kelly Graves at Oregon history. Yeah. Um, Mobile. The idea that we're a defensive team just kind of went out the window. Well, now we're going against the Nevada Wolfpack. Okay. Who were 2-1 and one before we played them. Okay. And the Nevada it was a Wolfpack. close one for a while. It was 33-32 to 32 at the half. Ducks did have the lead. Fortunately, wow. Oregon pulled it off in in pretty dominating fashion 76 to 47 the ducks did win this one wow and i would say it was because of a defensive effort they okay did a good job of shooting it down slowing down the game mucking uh-huh. it up and then taking their time to then get across court and use their size to dominate and that's exactly what happened our best players aka um Chance Gray, Grace Van Sluten, Filipina Che, they all had big games, including Sarah Rambis, uh, the freshman forward, who got 17 points off the bench. So that was very promising. Um, Sophia Bell even got like a couple three-pointers. So we weren't, offensively, it wasn't, you know, like blowing the nation up or anything like that. But we went 4 of 14 from the three-point range. Um, hit 45% from the floor. 20 of 27 from free throw range. Could be better, but not abysmal. And probably more importantly, we got 58 rebounds as opposed to their 35 rebounds. Hmm. That'll do it. Filipino Che got a double-double. 16 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Grace Van Sluten, 17 points, 16 rebounds. That's how you win games, defensively. Yeah. That's how this team's going to win games. Winning the battle of the boards, you know, uh, uh, having, like, strong defense, and then taking your time to line up your shot to get, hopefully, the easiest points. Right. You know? And hitting enough threes to keep them honest. So up next is uh, Baylor, no, sorry, Portland on November 30th in Portland. And then we got Baylor. That That's always a tough one. That's a big one. And then, like, Idaho, Portland State, Southern University. So things should be getting easier outside of the Baylor mm-hmm. game. And uh, Man, we'll, see. we'll see. Adam, I got to give you an update on myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like a complete idiot because, yeah. because of what you just said, did I only just now realize the actual importance of the three-pointer? Yeah. And so that maybe my uh, layup idea, where that's all you do, is terrible. Yeah. Because if they expect you just to do that every time, then they're just going to crowd up in there where you can't do that. So you have to yeah. be able to shoot from far away to make them spread out. God damn it. <laughs> well, something, you know, it's it's just, it's even having the threat of that. Or even like a jumper. You know, right. I mean? like you're going to need something to clear things yeah. out unless it, you truly are just like 
No, I'm Shaquille fucking O'Neal. Like I'm right, which there. we're not. Which we're well, not. we kind of. We could sometimes be Filipino Shea isn't exactly a Ruthie Hebert out there. Right, you know? right. And uh, we do have some, like Grace Van Sluten kind of it. Like she's got some good moves and she can get it to the bucket. But things are going to open a lot more up if people like Chance Gray, maybe Sophia Bell can hit that. Three. Man, we'll see, it's man. taken like, me yeah. this many years and this many uh, games into this season to realize. No. Anyway. Well, it's just like football, God damn you know? It. Like now, yeah, now every I am once upset, in a while, you like, got to throw the ball just to make it so you can run, or vice right. versa. Sometimes, like right. you got to run so you can, so that they'll have to worry about the run a little bit, so then you can throw the ball. Right, like it's kind of that simple, too. You know, yeah. So, dang, we're in a weird spot. Yeah, we're, we're in a weird. Got to wait and see. Early season, early season. I hope to God both of our big men can get. Yeah, back on that team because it's like we got a good team. It's just they're injured as fuck and it stinks. I think it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and we'll see how the women's goes. That's the one I'm always the most concerned about because they're yeah. the only one I've ever seen be great. Uh, the men have always kind of while. been. Yeah. The men have always been kind of borderline for my time period. So for your time. I wish you could have seen them when. When they were in their heyday. It uh-huh. was, oh, it was so fucking fun. It was a great time. But not now. Maybe now. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe Mookie and Shellstad come in there, take, like, really earn starting positions, and then all of a sudden we're a great small ball team. Oh, uh, do we have any quotes from the coaches uh, from fr- press time to look forward to with, you know, losses and wins from either, from both, I mean? Um, Dana don't like talking all that much. I, yeah, I heard he, him talking on the radio a little bit, and it was kind of just stuff you... He was pretty happy with the team's performance. Like, Well, that's good. Yeah, it's kind of showing you that, like, um, like he had quite a few people that Dana Dana was saying, just like, I got no problems with the way they played. I got no problems with it. Like, and he's understanding. It's like, yeah, we just lost two better starters. Teams. Yeah, you yeah, lose two starters, yeah. and then everyone plays at the best of their abilities, and you still lose. That's a win for yeah, the team. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, it's, um, yeah. I and got some quotes I, yeah, from yeah. Kelly Graves. Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, this is after a win, so he's pretty happy. Yeah, they really um, showed finesse and teamwork. They really played ball together today. He says, "I was really pleased overall. It was a really good effort." We got back up on that horse, so to speak. We got bucked off the other night and had a really bad taste in our mouths. I'm just really proud of our team to come out tonight and work their butts off and follow the game plan. That's why I'm never interested in interviewing coaches because you're going to get answers like that. And you're like, oh, you just wasted a minute of my time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of wasting a minute of your time, let's get into a commercial break. Oh, boy. And then we'll have Hitler today on the show to talk Woo-hoo! about what we predicted during the off season. Oh, snap a year end review, if you will. A season That's end right. review. All quack, right. Quack. quack quack. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but the time machine is broken. I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection, so not gonna lie, I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing. 
No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste and demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make, dude. We can review every duck season as it happens. Even the children here are freaky. Then post it on the Quack 12 Patreon in the future. I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events. Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time-traveling stoner hosts. We live in the most expensive house in Eugene, and it's a fucking shack. And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future, and when we get it in the past, we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively. And I'm talking robber baron status, baby. Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television. All listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com slash quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment. But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it. That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for. And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine. And we are back on quack. Quack, quack. Aaron, we just beat. Man, we left a little hot, huh? We left a little hot. We were pretty angry. Um, We just beat Oregon State, which felt, in, in my opinion, pretty fantastic. They're always the team. You know, I do think of them as little brother. Uh, sure. They beat us last year, though, in embarrassing fashion in the fourth yeah. quarter. Dan Landing Ish. had that fourth quarter playing over and over and over again. That's right. Smart. <laughs> With Apparently Very you smart. couldn't turn down Great the move. volume too, which I do love that idea. Completely worked. I mean, we would have beaten them without that little gimmick, but that mentality certainly helped, I think. But uh, we dominated from That's the why we beat I yeah. yeah. The it's a rooster or a chicken and the egg situation. Exactly. I think He's been having them. That's the approach. Like playing that video is the appropriate thing to do for the way he is, you know, training them really in a workout. I mean, ethic. that like pile driver tackle that we got, dude. <laughs> which I'm like, if you don't blow the whistle, then he's got to get the guy down. What do you want? Like uh, those yeah. refs. And uh, yeah. we had a, a dire situation uh, with Bucky where they said he was down when it was like, what? No, anyway, dude. Refs are against us. Everyone's against us. Screw, screw them. It's it's all about us. Vegas, Vegas is, in fact, being a culprit. You think so? <laughs> well, well, we may get into Vegas conspiracy theories, because I know that's what Aaron really wants to talk about. That's all I want to talk but about. But we, we destroyed the Oregon State Beavers. It was... Could have n- had three more points. Could have had three more points, <laughs> Mr. Camden. Uh, hey, that he is the all-time leader in points scored for the Oregon Ducks. I don't care. So maybe, uh, maybe I don't care. Put that under your hat, buddy. How many points have you scored for the Oregon Ducks? But zero. Exactly. Um, we completely destroyed 
the Beavers to the point where literally Jonathan Smith got on a plane, got the hell out of there, went to, I guess, a, a much more stable program in Michigan State because uh, he just wants to play, keep playing us. So Oregon uh-huh. State, I mean, uh, <laughs> they lost their coach. Now now um, they just promoted uh, their D.C., but still, it, rough situation. They no longer have a conference. They don't have a schedule for next season even. They're in Burr. the they're in the pack two, like oh man. So things are rough. And maybe this is a question uh, for Hithliday as well. I'm sure it is. So maybe I should hang on to it. Maybe but we should I bring do. him on. Yeah. Okay, maybe we should just go ahead and jump him in, Ladies because I just have one question, and it's you know it's one of my type questions, but maybe he can help because he does watch the tape. Ladies and gentlemen, for your oral pleasure. And those of you on YouTube, the one, you can see a dog. the only, <laughs> Hithliday one. How's it going, Hithliday? Uh, hi, it's nice to be here. Uh, what a <laughs> what a nice introduction. Thank you, Aaron. What? That's what Aaron gets. <laughs> That's what Aaron gets when he introduces <laughs> you. Damn. Not hi. Right, put it? some effort into it. I guess. So. Um, Damn. Okay, can I ask my question really quick? Rip because it off. Adam kind of said something uh, that made me think about it, which was you may remember, I believe it was just before the fourth quarter, uh, the head coach had a little talking head interview thing where he said, basically, we got to figure out how to stop Knicks. That's like it. We don't know how to do that. We just got to s- somehow stop him. Good plan. Uh, which, to me... Sounds like we've kind of given up on this one. <laughs> like, we're just going to try and stay close. <laughs> but with that all being said, here's the question. I f- I personally feel like we could have avoided the injury to our player. Had Tyson Johnson. I f- was, was that tackle too much, too late in the game? Uh, are you referring to Oregon's wide receiver Gary Bryant? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You know the sideline tackle. It that seems one was weird. I, I I I didn't I didn't get a good handle on that one uh, about uh, how exactly he was hurt because it wasn't really. A, I mean, first of all, it wasn't a dirty tackle or anything. Right. Okay. So it was um, not overly aggressive. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it really sort of just looked like a pretty normal tackle. I think okay. maybe, I think maybe just his cleat got stuck in the ground, and then as he was being tackled, just his, his you the know, way rather his leg wrapped up. Yeah, or or just like, uh, just just. So it's probably just a strain. I, I, it's look. I, I am not like a, a biomedical expert, um, but given what Lanning's comments were. Uh, you know that that he's gonna be fine. You oh. know, which like you know when he says something like gonna be fine, that's that's sort of I think deliberately vague as to what the time frame is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, you know, what I infer from that is simply there's no bone break. There's right. there's nothing that's like the, he's permanently disfigured and will never play or walk again. Mm-hmm. You know, like. 
which probably just means it's a sprain or a strain, you know, where like the, 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 the connective tissue has been extended in some way that it shouldn't be, which usually means, you know, with the lower leg that it's, yeah, like the cleat gets stuck in the ground and then he's uh-huh. being pulled in some way that Ugh. like, yeah. And I mean, it's not pleasant. It certainly hurts. Like, uh, I mean, my heart yeah. goes out to him, but it, it probably d- means, you know, landing is, is, is right when he says like it just he just needs some rest you know and and that at some point in the future he'll be back to 100 percent. now whether that's in a couple of days or a couple of weeks um you know i i don't know um but like i wouldn't be surprised if you know he's back and playing in the bowl game again Mm -hmm. um because yeah yeah, i don't I, i don't know maybe this is my protective nature my nurturer side Mm. but there was a certain point where i was like god oregon state y'all should like mellow the fuck out you're not gonna win this you're (laughs) playing too hard and i get it like this is their last game for a lot of people there's real boy aaron there's a whole can of worms about that there's there's a couple different things to say about that okay first of all I, i really did feel like Oh man, like every week I say I don't want to talk about the officiating, and then I wind up talking about the officiating. I really feel like <laughs> the officials did a re- really, really bad job in this game. Yeah. And uh, like a really bad job in this game. And it's not just the typical stuff that I wind up not talking about, but then talking about, um, which is like advantage fouls, and, 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 you know, holding and interference in which mm-hmm. sort of like the the non enforcement of advantage fouls always helps the the inferior team and hurts the superior team mm. because the superior team is winning and then you know the inferior team has to hold or interfere um and so you know when those flags are not thrown that means that like the superior play is not recognized um and oh, right. so like and like that's all over this game i mean i put a bunch of clips in my article and well you can see them okay. um and, and, and on did, twitter you, you didn't pulled just... up some good specific ones that i think uh really still well and then on top of that so advantage fouls uh, like sort of by definition are discretionary like for example holding in the category of advantage fouls holding is sort of you know the classic example where if like the hold takes place away from the play officials as part of their mechanics are not supposed to call you know so like let's say the run is to the right you know and the hold you know, takes place like on the left and way away from where the ball is. Mm -hmm. But it's like textbook, like that dude on the left is being held. It's like it meets all the other criteria of what a hold is. He's being restricted, you know, whatever. It's just that the dude who's being held cannot possibly get to the ball carrier. There's no way that that hold affects the play. It is absolutely 100% proper for the the official not to throw that flag sure. because there is no advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's that's what an advantage foul is is that the 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 team who is holding gains an advantage that they are not supposed to have. And so the 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 ref is supposed to, you know, correct that by throwing the foul the the flag. If there is no advantage, then there is is no foul right so if the hold takes place away from the play they're not now it's to just the flag two so big guys bear hugging <laughs> right so 
<laughs> so that's that's why advantage fouls are discussed as being discretionary, right? Like you're supposed to make a judgment call about whether, you know, so that's why f- another example is that like pass interference has an element of catchability. If the ball is not catchable, then who cares if there's interference, right? So sure. advantage fouls are discretionary. Safety fouls, on the other hand, mm-hmm. are non-discretionary. Because if a player, you know, because the, you know, safety fouls, so safety fouls include things like chop blocks, clipping, uh, horse collar uh, right. uh, tackles, face masks, face masks right. um, et cetera. These are always supposed to be called because it doesn't matter whether it affects the play or not. If someone's safety is endangered, it's supposed to be enforced, you know, to to disincentivize you know that you're harming somebody else um and, and so like that's where you know in a, that's what really gets me incensed when you know the officials don't do their job because like now you're encouraging players to do dangerous stuff mm-hmm. right um and so like there's a play in this game and both me and jeff schwartz you know call it out and jeff had access to the all 22 he had a better angle on it than i do where like jordan james gets through the hole it's going to be like a 30 yard run and the oregon state linebacker who's engaged with jackson powers johnson oregon center just sticks his foot out and trips him like it's just straight up i mean like it's clear as day and it happens right in front of the the umpire it's his key too. like it's sometimes with officiating like a, a, a a foul will occur like within the you know it looks like it's happening right in front of an official but actually if you understand the officiating keys he's not looking at that Mm. he's looking at something else and so you have to actually like if you understand mechanics you're like yeah i know but actually he's not looking at that so you have to be sympathetic nope not on this play that is absolutely (laughs) his key he's supposed to be you know doing that and so it's like fuck you know that his supervisor ought to be downgrading that crew but then like this the pack toll is not going to exist yeah. at the end of the week. So, like, what does that even matter? So, supervisors anyway, like, on Craigslist looking for a new job, dude. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So, so like, that's really bad. Allowing safety fouls that, to to not be enforced, especially in a rivalry game where you've already had well, like, chippy shit like that with suplexes and stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's and on top of I'm going to talk about the Jonathan Smith and the beeves getting hosed by usc and all this other stuff in a second like it's really 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 bad to allow that stuff to happen yeah um and the fact that there wasn't like a fight in this game mm-hmm. you well, know is kind no. of a, mi- a miracle you've um, got my brain spinning because how many times did we watch uh one either of our running backs break through the line only to look like they've somehow stumbled. Well, well, Aaron. And I'm like, well, how many times are these assholes tripping us now? Well, I mean, there's the one (laughs) there. I'm fuming. I mean, Aaron, look, I really think this game was very poorly officiated. Yeah. Wow. Um, And I know I feel like I'm saying that every week. But you're, you're not watching wrong, the game because you're watching the game, my man. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. But like this was especially bad because it wasn't just discretionary stuff. Mm. It's it was safety stuff. Yeah. Like uh, and like <sighs> not calling safety fouls in a rivalry game and especially this rivalry game yeah. where Oregon State's ready to blow their stack. Mm-hmm. And like Oregon is really pissed off about how last week or last year went. You know, and has been spending all like 365 days, mm-hmm. you know, pumping up 
you know, about it. Like, the fact that there wasn't a brawl in this game. So, maybe uh, it's not so yeah. much that state, that Oregon State was playing too aggressively. It's really that they were being allowed to be too aggressive. Well, too I mean, long. that's what every officiating crew is, like, is on high alert for in games in this sort of circumstance. Is like, clamp down on... yeah. We already know we're com- early. Like, make it very clear. Like, yeah, you know, no, 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 like, no pushing and shoving. Like, no, none of that. Like, throw the flag early on any of that sort of stuff. Like, usually you see rivalry games with more yellow hankies, not fewer. Mm-hmm. And so this was very surprising. Yeah, how it was very surprising to me. Well, they were they were for sure to give us the one at the very beginning when Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they made uh, a point I, to make that one be nice and out. clear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anyway. it was pretty nice that this was such a, a non-game because, like, there was those early penalties on us, but we go on, like, an eight-plus-minute drive. Yeah. And then even at the end of the half, you know, we were like, well, we got under a minute, but we got time to score. And <laughs> those really put it, like, away. And then I just – I don't think Oregon State had much fight. With the injuries, with last week's loss to Washington, with the right. fact that they know Jonathan Smith isn't coming. I don't know if, if a listener who was there oh, can tell me, were they really playing the Michigan State game on the board? Because that is uh, – I have contacted people who were there. There were some of the ATQ writing staff yeah. who was there. And, like, yeah, everybody confirms it. That's they were doing so that. damn funny. I love – What happened here? So so, so Oregon, like, you know, on the big boards, you got two big-ass screens there, put right. on the Michigan State game purely because the rumor was, basically confirmed rumor at that point was, that Oregon State's coach was going to go coach at Michigan State. So for some psychological warfare, it's like you're getting into John. That's legal. Yeah. While, while Oregon State was out on the field doing warm-ups. Yeah. It, like they're watching the Michigan Oh, State pre-game, Jesus yes. Christ! No, yeah. no, not during. I the thought game. this was like third quarter. We're just like, nah, 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 <laughs> that would be funny, but no, no, we it just was... change the channel during our own game. This <laughs> <laughs> is boring. You know, the the thing about this, like the you know how hard was Oregon State playing? Sort of the answer was real hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number one, I'll tell you that from watching the film, like they were definitely going at it hard. In fact, like yeah. it was interesting when you break out the. Um, when you break out the first half, second half splits, Oregon was running the ball, or the Oregon Ducks were running the ball pretty effectively, about six yards a clip um, in the first half. And then the second half, you know, when Oregon had built up their lead, um, and, and like Oregon State sort of sensed that Oregon was going to try to shut the the game down and go on another one of those like yeah. drives like the first drive where they go on like an eight minute run based drive mm-hmm. in Oregon State I think probably correctly they made the correct strategic decision of saying like we can't let them do that again because if they go on an eight minute drive we're just donezo yeah. you know we we you know so Oregon State made it very clear with their defensive posture that we're not going to let you run at all and so I put a couple of clips in my article where it was like Oregon State is completely doing everything they can to to not just stop the run, but to signal to Oregon, we're going to treat every one of your plays, your RPO plays, everything like it's a run play. 
we're we're just gonna ignore the RPO mm. option. We're gonna you know we're we're gonna have the safety come down to the bottom. Like we're gonna treat everything like it's a run play. So you're not gonna get anything like a run. You might as well be passing the ball. And so Oregon like you know received the signal. Mm. And so if you look at their fifth and sixth possessions, which are their two possessions out of the half, um, you know, Oregon switches over. And I think they have like four designed runs in the entire, you know, fifth and sixth possession. But it's like that it, it was, you know, it's it's funny sort of what they cannot they cannot speak to each other like human beings with their mouths. <laughs> but like but offensive and defensive coordinators across the field speak to each other, mm. you know, in, in the way that their teams play. Mm-hmm. And like, and if you're watching the film, you can watch them communicate and they were, and, and, you know, so like Oregon had communicated, we're going to run to shut the game down. Oregon state communicated. We're not going to let you cause we need the ball back to try to play. And Oregon said, okay, message received. We will throw the ball and we're just going to score again in order to put the game out of reach. And Oregon state said, okay, we'll try to, you know, play pass defense. And then, uh, Oregon said, okay, fine. We're just going to score. And then Jonathan Smith said to the sideline reporter, we got to figure out how to stop Bo Nix because yeah. he's scoring <laughs> and we don't have an answer. And then that would, then the game was over because they couldn't stop Bo Nix. And right. to go back to what you initially were saying, Aaron, like, yeah, because there is no answer for, for Bo Nix. He's played more games of college football than literally any other human being mm-hmm. in, in, or in quarterback anyway. Uh, and, and uh, and like there's they don't I mean, that's the other thing or, or another thing that I put like sort of a special section in my article is that like this guy is really doing some like special stuff, you know, not not stuff that's never, ever been done before or anything. But like he's not just a good quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, or he's not just like a good passer, but like he's highly accurate. He makes changes to the play before the play happens Mm -hmm. you know he's like having a second coordinator on the field he is making difficult throws that are like nfl level dude like Mm -hmm. and and like if you have a player like that on the field it's like there is very (laughs) little a defense even even an exceptionally high level defense can do to stop that Mm -hmm. and oregon state doesn't really have an exceptionally high level defense yeah i mean there's a reason why very high level quarterbacks are the most highly paid people in all of sports um we're really all of the planet you know (laughs) um it's because that skill set is like almost undefendable yeah when he did the across field pass to troy franklin before that running it was just like that was amazing that in my Who, opinion, I mean that that play is amazing and may very well win him a trophy. Ice cream pies. Mine. That's not Ice even the most pies, amazing. Yeah. Like that's that's a cool play. That's yeah. that's, yeah, that's maybe the, fun the play. fifth or sixth most impressive thing that he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you if you really know what you're watching for, that's like doesn't even make the top five yeah. list for like just truly impressive, like like pure quarterbacking thing that he did in that game. That pass to um, Troy Franklin in like I think it was third and long on our first drive was a pretty sure. damn good yeah, pass that, too. Yeah. That that one's in my article. Yeah. There's another one to Troy Franklin where it looks like he's throwing the ball away and but he connects and it's just like 
holy cow, he's doing that while oh. he's, he's falling backwards. Yeah, like, right. Oh, yeah, that. the one where he was about, he had somebody in his face, right? Yeah. So he mm-hmm. threw the ball before he broke. Yeah, and before he, even looking. And, yeah, and yeah. it's just like, oh, look, there it is. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that, was, that was a connection? Oh, I was thinking wow. about that. To be one of his receivers, you truly have to be prepared just to get hit in the face with the ball. Run her out, baby. You oh, know man, it's coming that's to not you. Even, but that's not even it. There's another clip in my article where I'm sort of I'm I'm trying to talk about how it's like, look, I, he makes this look easy, and so it's sort of difficult to appreciate. But right. the, like, look, I, I review all of the Pac-12's film, and so I watch a lot of like young gunslingers who've got like rifles for arms, but who are like trying to take their receivers' heads off or mm-hmm. trying to throw a hole into their chest, and they're throwing the ball at where the receiver is rather than where the receiver's going to be, be so that right. he can catch it in stride as he's turning downfield to, you know, to, 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 to turn like, you know, a, a modest gain into a big gain, you know, so that he's catching it without having to break stride, you know, at all that it's got, you know, it's got no more velocity on it than it requires, you know, so that it's an, an easy catch, you know, and it's like, all of it, it looks easy on film. You know, it looks like the easiest thing in the world. You know, it's not. Like, I can tell you from watching 11 other quarterbacks, <laughs> you know, in this league, like, it's not. It's a veteran thing to do. And there's a bunch of examples, too. And so it's like, yeah, it's really it's really high-level play. And, yeah. and And for the, you know, and then, and so when I'm writing my article, you know, I, I, I tune out the social media stuff. And so when I come up for air and then to see, like, people who have, for self-interested reasons want to take shots at Bo Nix for like, Oh, you know, Oh, it's just a bunch of easy stuff and short stuff. And I'm just like, man, you either don't know what you're talking about or you do. And you're willfully, Mm -hmm. you know, you're willfully ignoring it. Um, It makes me laugh because now I remember again, a few weeks back where he, overthrew the ball but he's like you gotta run faster yeah yeah exactly. it's like i mean yeah uh, maybe that's a little different exactly just being like be. demanding but yeah. yeah there was a moment when um, tez johnson got on bo nix's ass which made me laugh mm-hmm. it seemed like tez was chewing bo out for something that cracked me yeah up. there was something i think it was a missed opportunity yeah. like he was open something and, like that yeah, yeah. It, it was cracked me i think it was on the camden lewis made field goal I, I mm. believe so. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. If there was, there's a, uh, yeah. The other thing about you know before Oregon State goes into the night, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was a little frustrated with some of the stuff that I. I guess I shouldn't be mad at Oregon State fans. If I were in Oregon State fans' position, I would be angry and lashing out too. Yep. And yeah. like when people, when people are hurt. You know, they they do things to relieve that pain and you can't be too mad at them. Um, Some of the things that I've seen Oregon State fans say about, you know, oh, their team, you know, because of Jonathan's what Jonathan Smith did this week or failed to do to prepare them for this game. Mm. You know, that's the only reason that Oregon State, you know, lost the game by a large margin that I sort of felt like this wasn't really, you know, that that that's a not true 
you know, and, and be kind of disrespectful, like, you know, but again, I'm not really mad. I understand why you're saying that. Mm. Like, if you watched Oregon State this year, you understood that this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and furthermore, if you had watched Oregon State over the last three years, which I did, and like in my preview article, it was nice because, you know, like Jonathan Smith's been basically running the same team for three years mm-hmm. and like, you know, or really for, for a longer time than that, but like COVID sort of kind of hits a reset button in a way. So it's like the, you know, 21, 22, 23, mm-hmm. like, like my preview article was sort of like, let's watch this team over time and watch some trend lines and see what's necessary. And, what, and, and the thing that like, here here's the thing like there are components that were necessary to this team that left at the end of the Mm. 2022 season and in fact some of them even left at the end of the 2021 season that like he didn't do anything to replace like and adam you remember i'm sure you know during our off-season preview where i was sort of like I was pulling my hair out about like how amazing it was that, you know, Jonathan Smith had this really great 2022 season and the portal, you know, the transfer portal was open. The, all of the, you know, the, 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 the roster management tools were significantly more liberalized. Mm. And I, you know, I was really expecting him to revitalize his roster strike while the iron is hot and he did nothing. And so, like, Oregon State fans, you know, it's sort of, maybe I'll put it this way, they have a point about Jonathan Smith screwing him, but he didn't screw him on November 22nd. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he screwed him on June 22nd. Right. Like, you know, he, he, he screwed him by doing not do or May or, or April or where the off season, whatever date you want to pick Mm -hmm. when he like didn't do his work. Like, like I, that's when he checked out. You know, like, the, you know, like this team wasn't ready to like this team. And I mean, look, I said this when I was doing my 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 preview of, of you know, on our wins. And maybe maybe we'll be talking about this um, uh, uh, for for you know, when we review our, our our predictions for win win loss totals. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the prediction that I made was like, look, they're still going to have a good offensive line. They're still going to have a good run game. And against a lot of the Pac-12 teams, that's going to be enough for them to run through a lot of teams. But I don't think their defense is going to be as good because he didn't restock the cupboard. And I don't think the passing offense is going to be able to get him out of jams because he didn't do anything to restock the wide receiver room. And I don't think they're going to be able to, against the best defenses, even rely on the run game because he didn't restock the tight end room. And the real dirty secret of Oregon State is that they need the tight ends to help him block in the run game. And he didn't restock the tight end room either. And so all three of those things were really evident evident in this game yeah. like or, or when they really needed to run uh, the, the, well first of all they couldn't run at all because Oregon just had, had their offensive line completely shut down they couldn't use tight ends to help them because they didn't have really tight ends uh they uh they uh they couldn't you know they got some passes off but not nearly enough because they didn't have you know a wide receiver core that had anybody who catch the ball who's Tyler and five seven mm-hmm. uh and their defense obviously couldn't withstand you know anything that Oregon wanted to do um and like all of that was very obvious and it was like I basically I I called, you know, this game on November 23rd, 2023, back in May or whenever it was I wrote, you know, my duck dive article because it was obvious from looking at at, at that roster. And I feel like Oregon State fans, 
probably were in denial uh, about this for like six months. For like six months, it was clear to me and anybody who seriously looked at Oregon State's roster that like Jonathan Smith, and now does that mean that I, I I saw the writing on the wall that Jonathan Smith had checked out and accepted the Michigan State job? No, because that hadn't <laughs> that hadn't happened yet. You know, Mel Tucker hadn't uh, fumbled the bag, as it so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but like you know, was it clear that he had screwed up and screwed this team over? Yes, abundantly. And was Man. it clear that he was going to lose this game by a large margin? Because Dan Lanning had, in fact, done the work to win this game and avenge that loss. Yes, abundantly. And it was abundantly clearer in the spring. Yeah, I agree. Um, Oregon State, they, on paper, are our best win of the season, which comes at a good time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, you know, playing in Salt Lake City, winning in Salt Lake City feels a little bit bigger, but... You know, without all the players Utah uh, didn't have. Um, yeah, but it, it's good to get a top 25 win. They are still a top 25 team, which is a little. So it feels like they're being like, eh, sorry, Oregon State. Here you go, 21 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the mm-hmm. college football playoff committee will rank them. But uh, we get the win. It was a dominating win. Any, anything else to say to our parting beavers here at the day? We'll have plenty of time to talk about them. We'll probably be playing them in the future, but uh, the final Pac-12 game. Uh, I, I I mean, I do well. Uh, you know, as I as I said to uh, to to Jake Hedberg, like I uh, I do actually think that that Trent Bray is a pretty good coach. Yeah. Like it took me a little while to, you know, I I had some reasons to be skeptical or to think like these other variables need to be controlled for first. But like those variables have been controlled for now. I now are am willing to accept it. And so now that I, I learned, which I learned when I logged on to this podcast because I'd been out of pocket for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, and it'll be interesting to see that team as a defense led team, which it like yeah. it basically hasn't been for a, a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been primarily an offense led team for a while. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, and if he does a good enough job, maybe he can be Oregon's future DC. Who knows? <laughs> okay, here we go, y'all. We got an interesting round of the picks. The final, really? Well, before until our oh. the Quack Twelve Bowl Bonanza. Yes. What What is it, Aaron? Just want to say we are not going to be talking about Huskies today. Nah. Well, a little game. bit about the last game. Uh, if you okay. got anything to okay. say, feel free. But we're not doing necessarily a deep deep dive i was just curious uh how scared hithliday mm. was of us losing this game because of a field goal <laughs> a specific question <laughs> how scared was i of losing uh, to, to the husky game against Oregon future State? game no the future game the washington game yeah oh the Upcoming. one that's coming up on friday yeah. yeah i um i think it's unlikely that it'll be within field goal range yeah I, I mean, I guess, I, I, oh, you I mean think that, we're going to be up that much? You think we're going to be or up the by... other way? You know, the the I, I don't think it'll be a close game either, oh. either, either on the numbers, because on the numbers, Oregon should 
should be in in clear command of this game, given that what Washington is over the back half of their season, yeah. over the their final six games of their season, is um, it is not it's nowhere near what the team was that they played in Seattle. Yeah, um, gotcha, and. And so there, and given that Oregon is even stronger now than they were, you know, when they played in Seattle, like, yeah, it shouldn't be close enough that a field goal is going to matter. Uh, or in the alternate, you know, th- there is another possibility. And the other possibility is that, like, it just all crashes, you know, like, which is the thing that I actually am, mm-hmm. you know, terrified about. Right. Like, honestly, it is the number two possibility. God. Um, which is that like they're just totally in their heads, you know that that you know that that the the Washington's passing game comes roaring back, um, and that while that's a totally one dimensional team, the one dimension is like a nano molecular unstoppable blade, um, and uh, and that it just like tears them up and that they're losing by 20 points in which case mm-hmm. again a field goal won't cut it mm-hmm. so okay god dang it okay well that that wraps up all i wanted to talk I'm about i'm hoping you, uh Dunze has one bad game and it's this game because it really feels like he is the mm. possibly the most important player for this whole thing to kind of work I've just seen so many goddamn highlights of he's the one who's won it for them all. You know, like catching some mm. amazing 50-50 ball. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm as afraid as ever. I don't know if I, I think I'm less afraid than the first time we played him, but the stakes are certainly a lot higher. Uh, let's get in to this, the picks. Okay. The picks. The picks. The picks. That is right, the great Pick'em Challenge. We got a fun little take on it this time because we made some over-under predictions on season win totals. This is regular season win totals, so we can really dissect these right now. First of all, let's start at the very bottom. I mean, this is also the bottom (laughs) 11. Bottom 11, really. Colorado. Now, they had so much hype with Theon. They uh, they definitely have less hype than when they started, though the expectations are kind of the same, you know, because they won one game two years ago. Now, uh, now they have many more than one game uh, win totals. It's four. They won four games. The over under was three point five for the Colorado Buffalo. So I guess you could say this was a successful season. Would Colorado? I I am intrigued to know like what good old Jack Barsh or Dan Carlin of Hardcore History would say about this because I would imagine it's it's a kind of a good season. You you did more than expected. You got four wins. You beat last year's uh, team that was in last year's national championship, but no, it it feels pretty pretty bad to it about you didn't make a bowl game you didn't look competitive near the end against a lot of teams didn't make Mm. a bowl game i i disagree adam i actually think that colorado okay i disagree with what you said there at the very 
and okay. uh, that they didn't look competitive. I actually go, go go look up. I mean, go pull up what their schedule was. They played a lot of teams close. Yeah. They played Arizona. Oregon State really close. Yeah. They played Arizona really close. That's they true. actually they they played USC really close. Yeah. They 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 have a lot of close. I mean, they're close losses. But I mean, look, man, that's always how it goes. Mm. You know, when you're a bad team that's building back up, first you you know lose big then you lose close then you start winning winning. yeah um so like in many ways they're ahead of schedule to have a bunch of close losses Mm -hmm. and but they're gonna have a whole new head coach now is that right? no 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 he's still there he's still there oh okay Okay. and and it is like very easily explained like the reason why they're getting destroyed was the reason that like it wasn't a surprise reason i mean i I was talking about it with jack barsh when i interviewed him remember it was like and i mean jack didn't really (laughs) want to hear it but like uh, you know i who would, which is that like the offensive line is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. Um, but, but like you can't fix the offensive line. Like that's what, you know, I tried to tell everybody that we talked to, you know, like Adam, you, you know, you were on the line every time, you know, like everybody that we talked to, you know, there was just like, we got exciting portal based offensive linemen, you know, USC and Cal and Colorado and every one of these people, like even the Oregon people that I talked to who were excited about getting Nishad Struther and mm-hmm. Junior Angelau and you know this whole you know and and we're like and I was like you can count on maybe one of them and that was it you know it was a, a Johnny Cornelius but that's you know like if you're you're playing more than one of them you're in trouble um and, and like yeah it, yeah man like math is undefeated and I now have yeah. seven years worth of data on this of transfer portal offensive linemen if you're playing more than one you are in deep deep trouble portal based offensive lines don't work and every time we talk to somebody they're super excited about portal based offensive line i try to grab them and be like it's not going to work if you're in an offensive line hole you're going to be in an offensive line hole for a couple of years because you got to grow your way out of it organically but here's the like sort of the silver lining to that or like the flip side of that coin Uh for colorado it was really the the biggest problem that they had and kind of like the only problem that they had like all of their problems stem from a really terrible offensive line. And like, yeah, they're going to be in that problem next year and probably the, uh, to some extent the year after that, but they can grow out of that. If Dion stays for a year. Well, I don't know what the future holds for that. That's kind of, but like, yeah, that's, that's where it's it's like his biggest problem. They know the problem. It's very clear. The only way to truly fix that problem, as you said before, is through development and time. And that's the thing I have a hard time truly believing, like... So well, Dion's gonna stick around for maybe yeah, not making a bowl game for grow next the year offensive the, line. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose. On the other hand, I often think that the, I often think the thing with Sanders is that the persona that he gives off is like. Uh, I, I think that if you, yeah, it's a character, and he's also, played the bad guy since he went to the Dallas Cowboys because. That's but he's also what they played the good he guy. Gonna, he also yeah. like yeah. he also does the the Charlie Church thing. Like mm-hmm. he he also like he you know unexpectedly will speak truths that other people are uncomfortable you know saying out loud. So he gets to be you know he gets to play the you know the fool's cap. Um, he talks to know, a or, goat or and a duck on a commercial. I see every mm-hmm. other day. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I often think that that guy, you know, is doing, you know, he gets to zig where other people expect to zag. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so so the idea that like, well, I think I've got this guy figured out and he would never, ever, ever, you know, like that probably means you're wrong. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, the real over under is over under Dion three years at Colorado. That seems mm. I would Ooh. take the under. I would take the under. Um. Yeah, but overall, I think you should. I, compared to where they were, I would be stoked if I was Colorado. It's at least entertaining, you know. I do think I would be a little disappointed that I do think one or two games that could have been winnable for them, they allowed to I slip mean, away. Stanford, like the Stanford game, <laughs> yeah. obviously. So, like, yes, they overperformed what Vegas thought. I, I think this team probably should have won. Like the team that they actually were, should have won five games. Yeah. Hmm. That feels in in that sense, like or maybe six and gone to a bowl, mm-hmm. and in that sense that you know they underperformed who they actually were, but like, yeah, I'll say so. This. And so, therefore, I would be disappointed. On the other hand, the idea that like, oh, this team was never competitive and was falling apart constantly, yeah. I, I think that's a false narrative too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I so what did we pick for this? Well, I'm not going to read every pick, but I will, because I, I want to reveal it at the end. But I will tell oh. you this: if if you if you specifically said something that came true or very untrue three months ago, I kind of jotted down a little note. For example, I said exactly four wins. I said they would get exactly four wins. Aaron mm. said five, but uh, ah. uh, we all said over on this, so we were all right. Oh, okay. But um, Hithliday said they had a very like or there was a, a good possibility he wouldn't be surprised if they went <laughs> three and zero to start the season. So there you go. That's another good Ooh. prediction. Now let's get into this next one. Stanford, the T. I mean oh. that Colorado Stanford game, which was wow. Stanford rallying back from a billion points behind. I forget exactly how much, but proved pretty crucial here, especially for the over unders. If Stanford doesn't win that mm-hmm. game, they're under here. Um, because, uh, I listening to the episode a while ago, we were talking about like, well, okay, they got the Sac State, they got Hawaii. Those are two wins. They did not beat Sac they, State. <laughs> they didn't beat Sac State, man. No, they did not. But they got to three wins, which, you know. Wait, what was the third win? Am I crazy? I mean, let's see. They got Hawaii. They beat Hawaii. They beat Colorado. They beat Colorado. Am I Fucking crazy. I know they did, but uh, it, it is bonkers to think that they had another Pac-12 win, I suppose. Oh, no, not Cal. They lost to Cal. Hmm. They lost to Cal. Well, Uh-oh. Drag this bad did boy they... to halt. Maybe oh, Washington they're... State. Washington State, oh, yeah. that's right. Oh, that, that was stupid hideous. game. That was a hideous yeah, game. Yeah, that 10-7 game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is It is bonkers to lose to Sac State and then beat Wazoo, especially the hot start that Wazoo had for a second there. But Stanford yeah. has won three games. That's That's got to mean something, uh, and, and it in fact does. All three of us chose Stanford here too, which I do love that. And the two and a half is just that's a bitch of a lot that is take. like yeah that that requires it's rude like, it's it's it, it is it, rude it, it just requires I mean two and a half is a worse line to take the under on than 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 uh, ten and a half and is to take over yeah like 
I agree. Because it means you right. have to like. I mean, you got to go like almost unwinfeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you have when you had Sac State in Hawaii on the schedule, yeah. and you're like, yeah, two point five, like. Damn. Like you, you almost have to be trying not to win two games, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah, and and it's like it's a it's a coach's <laughs> hey, first season, and they've got you know, talent. It's a little, I just take umbrage because I really like Hawaii. I love Hawaii. <laughs> it's too. mean to say that they're a guaranteed win. I put this Booyah. up. I still have this up, ready to post. Any for people not watching this, I put up the Hawaii old logo. I still got this because they it. are my team, man. They're my Mountain West team. I love them. Um, and they've, they had a pretty decent season for Hawaii standards. They had some decent they, wins in there. They, they shocked Air Force. Yeah. They actually kind of, they, they kind of sparked Air Force's tumble out of the, yeah. the rankings. No joke. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with Hawaii. Uh, Stanford, not so much, but it's funny that they're bad. And now they have to play <laughs> on the East Coast. Oh, you or, know what, or in though? Dallas, or in Dallas, their that? home stadium, right? Because <laughs> like yeah. every, they're gonna yeah, have to do took, some home games in Dallas. The, the ACC took Stanford, Cal, and for some reason SMU in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex at the same time to establish SMU as like the home away from home <sighs> wow. for for those teams to like meet up at to play wow. games. Oregon and the LA schools in Washington playing in Big Ten is dumb, but the Stanford Cal SMU to ACC thing it does not <laughs> uh-huh. get dumber in sports. You could not do a. Parody. It's got to be some sort of like stock scam, so that they're all buying stock in like Love Field. You know, like they're they're all buying stock in like American Airlines. I get. Like I truly didn't think Stanford or Cal. Southwest cared enough about football to do something like as stupid as this, where they'd have to go Mm. further to play it. I would honestly think they'd be like, let's just play the Ivy Leagues. Like, that made more sense to me. But whatever. Stanford, uh, rotten hell, I guess. That is insane that they're going over there. I'll be watching you, buddy. Um, Uh Now this. (laughs) America's real team. Fuck you, Jim Harbaugh. This is America's team. Arizona State. It, it. I still have such fond memories of staying up till one in the morning watching Arizona State barely beat Southern Utah University due to a sandstorm, a literal freaking sandstorm wow. and lightning. Um, over under was four point five. I do not know what they were smoking. I believe that was even before they announced that they were as a a bowl ban. <laughs> I I can't quite remember. They won three games. And they had to try their asses off to get those three games. But their every single win was very fun to watch. And they they could have this could have been a freaking dream season if things really fell their way. Like they were competitive against USC. They all straight up almost beat Washington in Seattle, which is something we couldn't do, and we're the greatest team in the goddamn world. <laughs> and uh, they got absolutely smoked by Arizona in the Territorial Cup. That's that just happened. That's what happens. That's just happened. Um, but 
I I would that, I've said this. Was, I almost contacted you when I <laughs> learned that Rashada was starting. I was like, hold on, I don't, I don't want to be held to my pick on that. You're one. Like, wait a second. You know? Yeah. What do you think of that? So the Rashada start. Uh, he's so bad. Yeah. Oh my god. He threw like th- he was responsible for like four turnovers in that game. Yeah. Isn't like, it he's funny just that not ready it's like okay now all. that we have like uh, an official QB as as opposed to like a Borgay back there. Yeah. They almost felt worse, like because they didn't they have to go like the bag of tricks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just do the tricks. Just do the tricks. <laughs> I think uh, I think they need a full rebrand and should go back to the original logo mascot. Like the is this not the original? I'd have to. Find no, I'm have sure you seen he's the not. Profile one. Profile. Where it's like a profile of a dude's face, longer nose. Oh. Oh. Anyway, I, I, I think not. they would be more successful because this dude's too silly. I love that. You mean uh, Walt Disney in a devil costume? Because that's what this is. <laughs> uh, it's literally. Did I ever tell you this, Aaron? It's literally based off Walt Disney. Uh, is the rumor because the, no, the guy who paid the so like Oregon just got Donald Duck right. So Arizona State hired a dude, I believe, from California. Oh and, wow, they're that petty. No, well, well, they're like, we want one too. Could we have one? Um, and so they went to a guy who worked at Disney to draw them up a logo. And so supposedly, you know, cause he was a, a Mouseketeer or whatever, a ma- Imagineer, not Mouseketeer. Cause he's an Imagineer. He naturally hates his boss, Walt Disney. And so he just drew him up like, uh, Walt Disney. Cause he's the devil. I mean, look at him. Doesn't that look like Walt Disney to you? Look at that face. Am I crazy? Maybe there's not one. I thought there was a different... Yeah, I don't. I don't. Never mind. Ignore yeah. that. Are you thinking about the little guy on? Um, maybe you're thinking of Washington State because theirs is uh shit. What is that cinnamon whiskey stuff called? <laughs> Fireball. Yeah, There's Fireball. a devil on that, and that's kind of their second mascot. So maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're confused Who knows? about it. I don't know. Um, Arizona State, plucky as hell. I love them. I've said this a billion times in this podcast at this point. If I were an ASU fan, I would be a Kenny Dilling stan. As you, we are Kenny Dilling okay. stans on this show. And I'm, I would love if they had a great season in the Big 12, like, next year. They could definitely surprise some people next year, I think, depending on how well he does in the portal. Um, because I don't think anyone's thinking about ASU. And they may be ready to play some Big 12 ball. Like, you know, have a little bit of a defense. Maybe that gives them an advantage. I don't know. Uh, did you like some ASU ball this year at the day? I mean, definitely the the weird stuff was fun. Yeah. Like, as a film reviewer. I mean, like, the swinging game. It was, Come on, baby. At times, <laughs> at times it was difficult to watch because the um, – the the injury situation was yeah. so painfully bad that like yeah. I mean just like yeah I mean like literally it was painful to watch because it was like oh boy they're on the verge of not being able to field a team wow like it was that bad yeah. um so like yeah that aspect was dispiriting yeah. on the other hand like I think he's actually did almost like a like. He, well, he definitely did a better job rebuilding the defense than when, when I when I wrote my preview article of them. It was like the second article that, you know, I published, which like was too early. I should have waited a lot longer because um, he did like so much work through the portal. Um, and like I was really worried that he wasn't be able to get his defensive, the interior of his defensive line. And then it turned out that the interior of his defensive line turned out to be like his biggest strength, yeah. you know, on the defense. So like, um, yeah, the, uh, 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 
uh, yeah, it was, uh, 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 he, he, he did much better on the defense, um, than mm-hmm. I was, uh, expecting, uh, and, and he got a good uh, defensive coordinator, uh, hire. He's going to need to, um, you know, he's probably going to have some departures out of his secondary. So he's really going to need to, um, go, go back hard at the transfer portal and, and, uh, uh, and rebuild, you know, his secondary, but I, he's got a good start, um, for the back end. Um, and, uh, you know, but you know, he's probably got his quarterback in Rashada and he got him some experience. He's just like, he wasn't ready to play as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got like I think he knows what the problems are and I think he's aggressive about roster management and like he showed some good proof of concept, uh, you know, in uh, on the defense and it's just like all of it sort of got wrecked by the injury situation. So like I don't know, man. Like yeah. I I I I would probably be more inclined to believe than disbelieve uh yeah, and I just generally like more aggressive roster managers than complacent ones. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, we love you, Sparky. Okay, let's do it. Hmm. Washington State over-under was 6.5. The oh, question geez. was, would they get to a bowl game? And then some. They nearly upset their their longest rival, or their, their most hated rival, Washington Nearly freaking did it. Um, there, I mean, it was kind of a game where it was like they deserved to win it, and they also did not deserve to win it. There were some weird drops. There could have been some picks. <laughs> could have been some times where you turned over, like got some momentum. Uh, they got lucky at the same time too on a couple dry. Like it was the game that they needed, and they weren't able to pull it off. Uh, they were not a very fun team to watch either, I'll tell you that. Whenever I was watching a Wazoo game, even if, if they were up big, if they were getting blown out, it felt like a little bit of kind of a, a mess. Besides, their pass rush was fun to see a lot of times. That's kind of how I felt about this team. Over the year, they've been a good uh, thorn in our side, but I'm not 100% going to miss Wazoo. I love the Pullman atmosphere. I love their fan their fans in general, but uh, no, I'm not going to miss you, Wazoo. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Wazoo, Aaron? Do you have any thoughts on Washington State? We may never play nah. again. Who knows? Yeah. Nah. There, there you go. Uh, Hithliday, do you think you, you nailed this? Oh, by the way, I should say, uh, for Arizona State, you did predict that they would beat UCLA, so that's pretty fun. Out of nowhere, hmm. against Wazoo, I think we were all we were. No one had any very good specific predictions. Uh, Aaron's the only one who predicted. Wait, 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 wait. I'm totally off. Uh, actually, no. All of us said under. No one had faith in this team, yeah. <laughs> and we were correct. <laughs> Which I don't know why you would have had faith into this team coming into this. Actually, like uh, you think Cam Ward's, I guess, gonna paste over well, a lot of the plots but i don't know yeah i don't know i i, I thought i mean uh, cam word turned out to be better than i thought he would be because uh, oh boy uh, okay ultimately i don't think i predicted this team very well um uh, i think i got the personnel all correct Actually, I know I got the personnel all correct. I I I got all the human beings who played a hundred percent correct. Um, 
and I got their general skill level all correct, and that's basically why I got uh, this season correct. However, uh, as to like the the more like subtle you know stuff, which I pride myself on getting right because I actually watch film. Mm. Uh, nah, it didn't work out how I thought. The reasons were number one, the defense wound up playing a little better than I thought it would. Um, that's sort of the Jake Dicker defect. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 like his cornerback, like I thought that his cornerbacks would just turn out to stink, um, you know, and they didn't. Like he's generally getting better, uh, like secondary play than he has any right to mm. at all, um, and that happens like every year, to the point where it's just like, okay, I just got to believe that this guy knows what he's doing, um, and, and I got to quit saying every year. I mean, I guess I'm going to because the Oregon's never going to see this team again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I got to quit saying like, well, they've lost somebody who was who is better than he had any right to be. So therefore, they're going to fall off in the secondary. Like, nah, he's probably just going to get better. I mean, not fantastic, but just like better. Yeah. You know, OK, so I got to like file that lesson away. Um the uh all the linebackers stunk and i expected them to stink so i did nail that mm. um anyway uh the 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 cam ward on the other hand did surprise me i thought that he was going to be the same old schmuck uh he's better or at least here's the thing that i think is true i think his old quarterback coach eric morris really like just well, I think he had a bad throwing motion and then his old quarterback coach, Eric Morris, did nothing to correct it, which is like absolute malpractice. And the guy ought to be fired out of a cannon like it's like horrible. <laughs> However, the new quarterbacks coach who'd only been able to work with him for a year, like actually did a whole lot to 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 like try to fix him. I don't think it's like totally natural to him yet. Um, I think he probably needs like 10,000 hours of doing it in mm. order for it to become natural. And so you can see it breaking down down um but like it's a good start um and i didn't see that one coming i i thought that he was doomed and he turns out not to be doomed so like in that (laughs) sense i need to like apologize you weren't doomed cam ward um how that was you be upset would you be like this is a good move if next season they're like oh Cam Ward is transferring to the Oregon Ducks. Are you going, oh, this is a bad... I don't necessarily think that's a bad move. Okay. Uh, like, if he transferred to the Oregon Ducks with with Oregon having their eyes wide open about who he is mm. and what they need to do in order to make him, uh, like, actually, you know, a high-level quarterback, then, yeah, sure, um, and he certainly got a ton of experience and like, you know, a grad grad level quarterbacks who have that many yards and experience are, are valuable, even if their throwing motion is garbage. Mm. Um, but if you actually I mean, the reason why he beat Oregon State um, and the reason why he was competitive in a bunch of games, like even that UCLA game, which like everybody points at as a blowout, which is an eight point loss, yeah. you know, one score loss. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the game against Oregon, you know, in which like he kept pulling out you know magic tricks you know is because like when he remembers his lessons over this offseason and like you know throws the ball like an actual quarterback like or why he beat wisconsin you know like like when he actually throws it right like damn dude he's got an arm like when he throws for real uh like like yeah he's for real and so if oregon like actually takes that project seriously like uh yeah like totally 
now and then here's the third thing which like i guess i didn't really understand and i guess i didn't really understand it uh, or predict it necessarily about Oregon state either is like how the end of the conference was going to affect things because mm-hmm. like clearly and i guess we're going to find out when the other shoe drops here um y- you know like you know where's jake dickert going where are mm-hmm. all these players going when the tr- when when the carousel really opens up here on the fourth um because like there was definitely a time when like this team, you know, was just like you know for, from from maybe like week nine, to, weeks nine and ten, where they were just like you know not playing, and like something happened, mm. you know, and then like it changed again starting in week eleven, and they were playing hard again, like eleven weeks eleven, twelve and thirteen. So like I don't know, man. Maybe they got some news that Dickert was sticking around. Like, you know, maybe, maybe the locker room changed around on him. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Good theory. I, I'll say, looking back at it, that loss to fucking Stanford, man. Wazoo. That was the win you need. That it was, was the ridiculous. one. It was that game hideous. was just a game was so stupid. Yeah. Like it was just like and it was really clear. They just like didn't want to be playing in that game at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. California, over under 5.5. Wow. They made it to a bowl game. That is good. That is them. good. That is a good hey, thing. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Who said Who <laughs> said that? <laughs> Hifliday said it. Hifliday did, in fact, say where's it. My, where's my hype man who's supposed to be on Twitter? Like, I, I, got, I got my hype man out there telling everybody who's that, like, I picked USC to lose out, which I was – Correct that, by the way, with the exception of like the one point win over Cal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, where's my? You know, every week, hey, this is a good time to tell everybody that on the Quack Twelve podcast, that they predicted Cal to win out every week. He did. It's true. I know. I I, sh- I should have been pumping it out there. I'm not on Twitter. You're not. Yeah, that's he, Aaron's your hype man, clearly. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, and and speaking of hype, if I'm a Cal fan, I'm not sure how I feel about this shit because it's like, oh yeah, Wilcox has been there forever. Will, Wilcox forever. And we fired Sonny Dykes because he kept getting us to like only bowl games, and we're just making bowl games. And now I gotta go to the. I gotta go watch him play in. Fucking Clemson at Clemson or some shit. Like, Ooh, or it's like time for the home game in in Dallas. Like, what is this? Um, <laughs> is six six team? They do have like a promising young quarterback that no one saw coming, really. Uh, so that's fun, I guess. They they do look like a like a a I don't know a decent team, better team than last year. They did make a bowl game. I don't know. This this is your lot in life for a little while, uh, Cal fans. I don't I don't know why, but this is just what the sports team is. <laughs> but you get that sweet ass calimony money from UCLA, so I'll never rag on you too much because that is funny as hell. Cal Golden Bears, everybody. Uh, they used to be my number two team in the pack. That's right, they were. They really were for a long time. I don't even know who my. I guess Arizona State. I talked about them so much this yeah. season. The, Sure, it's ASU, baby. Um, do you have anything to say about Cal? I don't. I don't blame you if you just want to pass talking about Cal, either of you. Because what's there to say? What do I have to add? What do you? <laughs> they don't care. Why should we? I just want to know what I predict. If I said over or under, 
Um, I'll tell you on this one. Let's see. I got it right here. Uh, I said under. Aaron hmm. said over. And actually, nice. at the beginning of the season, uh, Hithley predicted a five and seven. Five and seven season. He also said, though, he was like, everyone thinks that Auburn's just going to blow them out. Auburn sucks. That game's going <laughs> to be closer than you think, but Cal's still probably going to lose, which uh, <laughs> is exactly what happened, actually. Isn't it funny? So, so like, what, Cal, what's the game that, that they won that I thought would they would lose? That's the question. That's the question. I'd have to look at the season, really. Maybe it was USC. That's very possible. No, they... They oh, lost they lost that USC. game. I forgot. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably UCLA. Probably at the beginning of the season, I probably thought that they would beat. Yeah, that's what it is. When I was filling it out, I thought that they would lose to at the beginning of the season. Obviously, then watching the season play out, mm-hmm. I realized that they were going to beat UCLA. But in the off season, I figured that UCLA would beat them, which was a reasonable thing to predict. <laughs> UCLA. With their situation versus Cal with their situation, that should have been a win for UCLA. Instead, Cal blew them out because, yeah, I'm super glad that UCLA is retaining Chip Kelly and that Oregon gets to play them next year in the Big Ten. Oh, man. There's a free win. Oh, man. I never had I, – I didn't think UCLA was ever going to fire Chip Kelly this season, even with everything he's done. I, mm-hmm. I – Never really bought those rumors because I don't. I still think they're hoping for the like, no, let the maestro cook. You know, like <laughs> it'll all come into play this next year. Like, no, I don't no. think they I care love enough. how the last Pac-12 game ever mm-hmm. is Cal uh, going to a bowl game on UCLA's backs and then paying for it with calimony Like that's a that's a, a build the wall and make the Bruins pay for it. Like, I love it. That is awesome. You got to love that. Oh, man, UCLA. They they certainly do suck, don't they? Um, UCLA, hey, I forgot they were hey! next. I actually did forget they were next. Believe it or not, the over-under was 8.5. The reason why is because uh, their schedule was as soft as this baby blue here on the screen. Um, they did not get to even eight wins. They were 7-5. Because this was a mediocre to bad program in in every single part of the field, really. Even the parts where you thought they would have a strength, like a promising young QB or even some veteran (laughs) QB play. No, it was not a strength. In fact, they they made things. People became worse at playing by being on this team, is what I believe. Um, Their defense. Well, that points to one. Person one, to one me. dude, yeah, one, <laughs> one dude who couldn't give less of a shit about any yeah. of this program. <laughs> um, yeah, they're bad, and I love it. I'm glad that they're still bad. They killed this conference to go be bad in another conference, I guess. Yeah, they're about to get worse, right? Like they're gonna look worse now. Maybe I think. Well, maybe I don't know. But I think they're gonna look exactly the same. I, oh, I don't okay. know what their recruiting looks like in the future. Certainly, they're in a mess right now, and their schedule is so easy this year, it's probably got to be harder next year, I imagine. They didn't play Washington or Oregon, you know? Oh, wow. Right. And they just— Oh, we would have steamrolled them. Yeah, but 
honestly, I still appreciate that they blew out USC because that is the funnier outcome out of it. Yes. I mean, obviously, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, no, I mean, the fact that they didn't play Oregon or Washington is why they should have stumbled into the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Like, I wish they would have so we could blow them out. No. Uh, by the way, thank fucking God that we changed. Can you imagine this universe? We didn't change the Pac-12 championship rules, so it's literally still the winner of the North and the winner of the South. Because we wouldn't have gotten our Oregon-Washington rematch. Like, mm. Oh, that's right. We would have been like, oh, wow, we're an 11-1, but we lost to Washington, and they're 12-0, so Oregon, you got to stay home. right. Ooh, I, it would be so goddamn sad, especially in this situation right now where, like, most of America is like, well, Oregon seems to be the better team, and then not get the rematch, and instead, who would have been on the top of the South? Utah? Would it have been fucking Utah? Arizona. Oh, duh. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. And that, actually, I'd like to watch that game, sure, but... um. <laughs> That would suck. Oh, my God. Uh, UCLA is in a terrible spot. They got a terrible, I guess, a terrible coach. I'm sticking with my theory. Chip Kelly is Mark Elfrich, but an asshole. Right. Like, so in that case, you could say Mark Elfrich is better than Chip Kelly. Oh, my. Isn't that crazy? Because he's not an asshole. Let's get into this next one. USC. (laughs) The hype was so fucking high for this team. Over-under was 9.5. I went wow. over, I'll tell you that, because I was like, yeah, they're just, no one's going to be able to stomp them. What happened What did is, I do? Uh, I can tell you. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I went over. I want to know all of mine. Oh, you will. Aaron, okay. you went under, which yeah, is Yeah, that correct. makes sense. Um, Hithleday and I both went over. We had a little too much wow. faith in it. Their offense got a bit worse. And uh, which probably certainly didn't help um, due to uh, Jordan Addison now, you know, killing it in the NFL and just a few little pieces in their offensive line. Just, you know, never being all that great for the last however many years. And then their defense got I, I can't quite remember yesterday. I I don't know if I'd say worse or the same, but is really, yeah. really bad. It- it it actually, if you want to know statistically, but actually their defense got slightly better. I believe it. It's just it was so terrible that like terrible versus slightly better is still terrible. Yeah, and it it really is just like the the offense got a little. It was just yeah. the the more accurate thing to say is that it was a total high wire act last year. Yes. And that it Weren't they it ridiculous they, in the turnover ratio last year? Too, yeah, 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 that's actually what really happened is that they, the, the, uh, like, it, it, replicating what happened in 2022 required like everything going perfectly, and the only real thing that happened in 2023 was that like things didn't go as perfectly. You know, they didn't have a million great you know turnovers. The the offense was just a little bit worse. Um, you know, and, and they had to and play like Oregon and Washington. They had to play Oregon and Washington, <laughs> so that was two extra losses. Yeah. Um, they didn't make up for it with you know extra wins. You know, like where you know, so so like unlike last year where they beat Notre Dame, they lost to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike uh, uh, last year where they uh, they beat UCLA, they lost to UCLA. Right? You know, like they didn't make up for those uh, the extra losses that they took to to Oregon and Washington with extra wins. They made it. <laughs> 
they, they they had extra losses. Yeah. So that's what you know. That's why they went from you know eleven wins to like seven wins. Is is they added losses on top of the the losses that we expected them to add. So not yeah. only that, but Caleb, did you, have you guys seen you know the Fansville Dr Pepper commercials? You know sure. this. Okay. They had the one with Caleb Williams. There's there's been a couple. But I swear this commercial came out right before, like, the Notre Dame game when things really fell off a cliff for USC or the beginning of the end for USC. Um, There's a commercial where it's just him walking around being like, I can't be jinxed. Like, a black cat walked in front of me, and I'm on the cover of, uh, you know, like, the EA game, and I'm walking under a ladder and stuff like that. And he literally just jinxed himself. And I don't. The timing was so yeah. funny to me. Like that's weird. Don't do like that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. He's he's gonna be a great player on a terrible team in the NFL. So that'll be fun to watch. You yeah, but he'll own it. So. But he'll he'll have a share of it though. Certainly mm-hmm. he will. Um, Utah. That's how that goes. Over under eight point five eight to four. Bit of a confusing wow. season. day you really 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 had your finger on the pulse of. I think Brant Keithy and Cam Rising may not mm-hmm. be playing for a big chunk of this season, yep. and that, that that'll make this team much more mortal. And they didn't play a single snap in this season. Yeah. And wow. uh, as, I, yeah. as I recall, my prediction was predicated on like they may come back yes. during the year, and mm-hmm. so like they may be good at the end of the year, yes. and then like they didn't come back at all, and that's when they fell apart. It was the end of the year. Yeah. If it, it, it affected some of your other decisions too, because you were like, with ASU, are they playing a yeah. Utah team that has people? They didn't, and it you know right, it didn't matter. But so eight and four feels kind of. It's nice to see, not that this is truly Utah's floor, but it kind of feels like uh, their floor. If you have this many injuries to quarterbacks and, and different key positions, uh, yet they were still able to beat every non-con, you know, barely in some cases. I don't know. I mean, like, it, it definitely, I mean, they played an FCS team and then a Florida and a Baylor team that just turned out to be just, like, Bad. crap. Yeah. Like, hey, I Florida mean, almost beat Florida State, which is not. Yeah, I, I mean, know, and Auburn like, almost beat in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, the SEC just sucks this year. It really probably. does. Like, it really does. And so, like, I mean, effectively, they played three cupcakes in the non-con, yeah. you know. And, and then, by, like, yeah, one of them. And, you know, and, and then they played UCLA, which effectively turned themselves into a cupcake. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then, like, and so, like, really the only, like, so, I mean, really, let's look at their wins. You know, th- three cupcakes in the non-con, which is, you know, Florida, Baylor, and and Weber State. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they hammered the hell out of, you know, ASU. We sort of talked about, like, the weird situation that ASU is in. Yeah. Uh, you know, Colorado Same. at the end of the year. We talked, you know, with, like, Shadur Sanders with a broken spine, mm. right? Like, but even then, it's a, it's a six-point win. You know, like, you know, they... they like I don't know, man. I think maybe if they play Colorado in Week Four, oh yeah, you know, you know, maybe that's a, you know, maybe that's a win, you know, mm. for for Colorado and a loss for Utah. They sort of like got them at the right time, um, you know, Cal. I don't know, like Cal barely made a bowl, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like, 
Like, the, you know, the only thing that's really, you know, that's sort of unexpected at all was beating USC. Yeah. You know, like their their entire season was USC. Otherwise, you know, they get blown out by Oregon. You know, they play, you know, Washington, you know, but like, I don't know, we're going to talk about Washington, oh, that, you know, yeah. and then they get they get hammered by Arizona when really all their injuries catch up to them. But frankly, the way that Arizona was playing at the end of the year, like even if they were at the state they were in midseason, that was probably a loss, just like not that big of a loss, you know, but like there they was remember when we were talking last week about how they lost like, uh, you know, all their defensive starters, yeah. you know, and that's why, you know, but, but it's like, look, man, you know, they, they, they like like you know they won eight games like six of them are total gimmies Mm -hmm. you know you know that were sort of like handed to him on a silver platter um and so like saying like oh their floor is eight wins like i don't know like if you if you let them play like you know four or five teams that are effectively cupcakes you know, given the their state of play, and then like a, a hugely overrated USC team that's in the middle of falling apart and ready to fire their coach. You know, like I guess you know, but <laughs> yeah. then like every time they played a good team, they got you know hammered. They really did. Like, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure Utah fans are purely thinking about, man, what's Cam Rising going to do for us next year in the Big 12? And that's that's all I'd be thinking about. I wouldn't give a shit about any of this. Um, yeah, there's Utah. There's, you know, that's a team that's got my respect, certainly, but I'm done with playing them forever, especially since they were one of the last two editions. Feels a little less sacred. Uh, speaking of sacred bonds, Oregon destroyed Oregon State as we know eight and four feels a little bit of a let down I would imagine hmm. not not necessarily for this who was on this team and what this you know uh team it is. still seems high to me I mean yeah I would I mean in general they're ranked it's freaking Oregon State eight and four that's that's like you should you should be happy with that as a Beaver fan, which is probably yeah. not what they want to hear from a Duck fan. But um, I, you know, <laughs> I, I would think they should be happy with that. And uh, it, the way it stacked up too, it was like they were in the running for a lot of the Pac-12 late until the loss to Washington. They were in the game against Washington, though that means like nothing uh, at all. <laughs> to have a close game with Washington, apparently. Um, and now things are, they're on hospice and they got to go <laughs> retire in the Mountain West or something. I don't know. It is sad. Uh, but the team played overall pretty well until they lost. No, they didn't. Teams. You're full of shit, Adam. Like, what have I been saying every <laughs> week about this team? Like, even though it would be in my interest as an Oregon fan to say, like, oh, they're a super (laughs) scary team, and this is a great win for Oregon's resume. Every week I was on this team about how they're frauds, that they played a cupcake non-con, that all they had was a run game that would go up against bad Pac-12 rush defenses, and they had nothing else going on. Their passing game was super inefficient. Their defense was took a big step 
back from last year that Jonathan Smith had didn't do anything to restock the cupboard and that, you know, when they actually play a good team, they're going to get destroyed by them. And then every time, you know, that, you know, that, you know, they got to play Washington in the rain so they couldn't pass, yeah. you know, like, you know, they, you know, they got to play Utah when Utah was like completely shattered, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, then, the, the, you know, what, did they, what happens when they played Arizona? They lost. What happens when they played Colorado? It's a one score game, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, what, what happens when they played Wazoo when Kim Ward learned how to throw the ball? They got shredded through the air, you know, like every week I was on this podcast telling anybody you'd listen, this team's, you know, fraud, you know, and I'm not trying to say that beeves are fraud, you know, or the beef fans should feel bad about it. And I'm not trying to like poke fun at them, you know, for, for, for the situation that they're in. I'm genuinely sympathetic to it. I'm just, you know, as an analyst, you know, uh, like I, you know, for everybody, you know, I, I just like, I feel like nobody actually watched the film on this team. I think, I feel like there's a lot of people who pat themselves on the back for being like, yeah, I love a gritty blue collar team. And then doesn't watch the gritty blue collar team actually play football. Mm -hmm. Because if you watch the gritty blue collar team play football, you would have seen this coming from a mile away. <laughs> it is like insane. It wasn't that difficult. They're number twenty-one. Am I right? Like that is like actually kind of crazy. There should be three mm. ranked teams in the Pac-12. That is what I w would hear. Mm. Oregon mm. State, like an eight-four record with who they've beaten. Like mm. who is their who is their best win? Utah. Utah. Ugh. That's that's nothing. Like really utah like utah shouldn't be ranked <laughs> and that gets you number 21 in the country eight and four like yeah i i truly i i do think it's because they felt bad um yeah but they are my second favorite mountain west team i'll tell you that much mm, yeah. okay yeah so that's good number 14 arizona this has got to feel pretty good especially when you're like Hey, we could have be. What if we lived in a world where they beat USC, which was down to the absolute wire? Some would say they should have, and beat Arizona, which was a one. Uh, beat Washington, which was a one-score game, and this is an eleven-in-one team. I mean, that's you know they that would be nuts. not, but they could be, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, and in that case, I guess they would go. They would have gone instead of us. But so thank God we don't live in that universe. But yeah. um, overall, it, this is what this is. If your head coach, you know, who you hired to redeem your program from an abysmal state, is not trying as hard as fish, then you probably should have a different coach. As you know, as far as roster management is concerned, like he went out. He got the talent that he needed. That talent is making, like, clear, is clearly making them better on the field right now. Clearly probably should have switched over to F Noah Fafita quicker, you know. <laughs> Maybe uh, cut some other weight there. Um, but eventually he did get to Fafita. Fafita's been very fun to watch. Uh, they've got elite, like, receiving talent, and that'll win you some games. And their defensive performance is why they're... Nine and three, why they're number fourteen in the country, and it's pretty cool to see that they're number fourteen. I mean, over under was four point five wins. I would think Arizona State, best case scenario, is kind of going this Arizona path of like, yeah, we're really oh shooting, yeah, you know, it's just that they, you know, they got started on this a couple of years later. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like this is it's it's pretty pretty great. I would be happy as an Arizona fan, absolutely. 
Um, and I mean, yeah. they, I mean, Arizona did a similar, you know, like Arizona State had to do it for like all their positions. Arizona did, a, but a similar project. It was just the defense. They cleared out their entire defensive front. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody in the defensive line and everybody in the linebackers. You know, they brought back, I think, like one backup linebacker from last year but everyone in their defensive front is new for arizona yeah. this year and, and then they got like, people like Flo out there who's like you know like yeah. was a five-star like this is a perfect spot uh, for you, Flo, you know? Flo didn't really actually contribute that much no. uh but like he's <laughs> an example he contributed some crazy uh, eyes though i can tell you that much sure <laughs> but like i mean that was you know that was you know when i talk about like i like aggressive roster managers who are like well our defense stunk last year let's do something yeah yeah it's especially in positions that you get like something like a receiver. That's someone who. But I mean, they boom. already had the offense, right? Yeah. Like they already had, you know, Cowing and McMillan. You know, they already had the offense that they wanted to run. They already had Fafita, who was like in that, you know, had been like practicing in that system. Mm-hmm. You know, they they made the quarterback switch. You know, when when Delora got injured at the end of the Stanford game, and then they basically never looked back. Yeah, um, they probably should have been going with him from the get go. I forgot that the the Michigan State, State game too. Well, I'm not Mississippi, Mississippi State. State game was very yeah. close too. So like all three but of I mean, their like losses, every one of their losses is one score. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, they lost Mississippi State in overtime. That's one score. They lost USC in overtime. That's one score. And they lost to Washington. Uh, you know, thirty-one to twenty-four. That's, that's pretty one amazing. Score. I the Arizona. You know, like, yeah, all three of their losses and. And you know, all of them could have been wins. Yeah. You know, like there's a scenario in which there's a, that's twelve and O team. That's pretty amazing. Um, and, and it's like you know, each one. You know, now they didn't play Oregon. No. Um, and they're getting credit uh, for beating uh, or for losing to USC, but USC is also pretty yeah. mid. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, they they they. You know, Mississippi State's not a very good team, mm-hmm. and, and losing to them, you know, is not great. Although they didn't have the right quarterback mm-hmm. at the time, and frankly, I think you know Fafita probably beats them. Or he, I don't he know. threw like three straight picks in that game, didn't he, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, uh, it was bad. Yeah, um, they also. I don't know. But when you got a guy with such like high moral fiber that wants to lead the mm-hmm. team, you know, I don't know. I do sort of think that like you know, and anybody sort of looks like, hey, this could have been a twelve and O team. Like, hey, l- you know, let's let's remember like one point win over a bad Stanford yeah. team, you know, and then like they kept playing teams that were like in the middle of falling apart, you know, like they played Wazoo when they were falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, they played UCLA, that team was falling apart, mm-hmm. they played Colorado and barely beat them. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Like, like, you know, they played Utah when they were falling apart. They And then, the, you know, ASU, you know, Rashada, we talked about that. So, like, a lot of their games, they sort of, like, they you – know, I'm not saying that Arizona's secretly terrible. Like, that's definitely not what I'm saying. But, like, a lot of their games came at, like, just the right time on the schedule to, to smash them. You know, you should get credit for being the hammer. But, like, also take note, you know, of the walnut that you're smashing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I am more excited for the Big 12 than I ever have in my entire life. That's usually a conference I'm basically not watching unless it's like, let's see if the top Big 12 person can fall to somebody. And they usually do. Um, I mean, the top Big 12 teams are leaving. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, well, now I'm thinking the top Big 12 teams are entering because i will i mean totally this is what i'm really it. looking yeah. forward to is is in is next year in yeah. 2024 that like oregon runs the big 10 
you know, Arizona runs the Big 12, and let's say Cal runs the ACC. Oh, my fucking like, that's, God, it'd be so it, it Just like the Pac-12 just enters these uh, three other conferences and just takes them over. And the SEC <laughs> has another down year. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Or like some some <laughs> Pac-12 quarterback transfers to yeah. to the SEC, like Jaden like Daniels, Daniels did to yeah. LSU. And Cam like, Ward yeah, just like transfers yeah, to Cam, Ole Cam Miss. Ward transfers to yeah 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 and transfers just blows to Ole Miss. out Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, right. Oh oh my God, that's so good. Uh, yeah, that that would be perfect. I love it. Washington. He's, wow, look at that. Over under 9.5. They went goddamn 12 and 0 for the first time in Pac-12 history. Wow. Um, and I hate it. Luckily, they are ranked number 3 in the AP poll, which is good for us. Cuz hopefully if we beat them, we get that spot or somewhere around it. Top 4 is all we're really looking for. But all I really fucking You're care about is winning the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. That's all I care about. I remember before this season started, I watched a TikTok video of a guy who called his shot on Washington being 12 0, and I brought it up. And I'm pretty sure I got ridiculed. You probably did, and you'll be ridiculed (laughs) again. Stupid fucking idea. And he was wrong. Even though he was right, all right? He was right, yeah. He was wrong for saying it. Um, Yeah, Washington won. It's kind of amazing and this is not like a little thing that oh I've, I've noticed this all of us have noticed it how close <laughs> their last x amount of games have been right to does to whatever the competition level is like it's almost like they saw Oregon fans patting themselves a little bit on the back of like well we lost but we only lost by three to Washington they're a good team we're, we're going to be all right. And so they're like, oh, we can't let Oregon have that. Let's make sure uh-huh. we beat every team by one by point. Like, <laughs> it's truly, it's been That's kind of incredible. Funny. It also goes to show you, like, I, I years ago when we were talking to Hithliday, I remember him being like, uh, me being pissed that it was like, well, why is our defense getting just torn up by the, you know, this quarterback and this receiver? And they just basically said, like, you know, sometimes if you throw a perfect pass to a great receiver, <laughs> then then you go, hey, good job, uh, opponent. You certainly did that. What am I to do about that? You know, like in certain scenarios, um, not that Washington is doing that all the time, but they have great receivers. They got a quarterback who is willing and good uh, to get those 50-50 balls. And a lot of times these games have come down to just that, their ability to do. But it's not, like, automatic. We're always going to be scoring, like, you know, 35-plus points. It isn't like last year's USC where it was truly, well, we got this shit figured out in offense, so we'll we'll get there. Like, they've had to struggle against some teams you shouldn't really be struggling that hard against. Um, that being said, they just got to win one more fucking game <laughs> and yeah, in baby. The, they're in the, they're in the playoffs um, and they're going to win in that. And I'm talking about Washington right now. And I hope, Oh no, fuck them. I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. ducks. Okay, All I can I think so. about is how we're going to beat them. I, <laughs> I hope so, man. Sorry. On paper, like in my head, yeah. I'm like, how do we, we look like such a better team or a better team than when we last played them. They seem to be just kind of found out more and more every week. Penix is who knows 
what's really going on with Penix. Like, yes, he is winning these games. I do like the guy a lot, but he something seems a little up with maybe an injury, an illness, something. Maybe it is just the pressure of of you know having a twelve and zero season. But things seem a little off there. They barely beat Wazoo at home. Like, I don't know. That being said, 12-0, and uh, obviously huge accomplishment. I would be stoked if I were a Husky fan. But I'd be nervous, too. (laughs) I'd be nervous. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to win. We're going to win. This Pac-12 championship game, I mean, we don't. uh, we're the Oregon Ducks. We're 11-1. Over-under was 9.5. We all went over. This Pac-12 championship game couldn't. I'm just. I am glad that it is these two teams for the first time ever in a championship game. It kind of is, is a little bit of a storybook ending for one yeah. of us. For one of us. I God, I hope it's us. God, I hope it's us. That's all I really got to say. Uh, uh, Day, this Huskies team, twelve and zero. Unlikely to predict that. Uh, they're great. They're bad. You got anything to say about them? Well, I mean, I I didn't predict at the beginning of the year that they would go twelve and zero because you know I I, I thought it wasn't a complete team and and uh, and, and that just prop you know because yeah. you know you you assume Michigan State was a little better too. Maybe that was going to be a thing, but no, it was uh, not. Yeah. FPI really thought that Michigan state was favored in that game, which was like bonkers. I don't know, you know what their computers were thinking <laughs> on, on that one, but anyway, that like, no, just looking at it probabilistically, you know, the, the odds of going 12 and zero, you know, are low, mm-hmm. you know, cause it requires everything going perfectly. And you know, that that's hard to do, even if you're a, you know, a complete team, you know, to play, uh, you know, uh, you know, to dominate. If you're a complete team playing dominant football every week, it's still very hard mm-hmm. and unlikely to go 12 and 0. This team was not a complete team and they weren't playing perfect football. And for them to still go 12 and 0, you know, this is a low probability event. Yeah. You know, like if we if we simmed out the, the universe a hundred times, you know, we're living in maybe like the one to 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 five percent of simulations in which this happened. Like, you know, I, I don't really you know, them going twelve and zero is a pretty bad beat. Um, and I frankly, I think probably Washington fan, like if you really spoke to most honest Washington fans, they probably say like the, the fact that they made it through this stretch of, of rough games, you, you know, and, and won every single one of them, uh, you know, is the, is that's a low probability event. I think, so. um, I think so. Like, I, like, I'm not tr- you know, trying to, to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really even trying to truck, talk trash about them. I'm just saying, like, I'm just a sort of assessing odds. Like that was you know, yeah, they sort of won a bunch of games by the skin of their teeth, like, you know, and it's probably is unlikely that that happened. And so, like, anybody who who didn't take them to go 12-0 and 0 shouldn't, like, feel bad about that. Like, it's not like, you know, er- oh, we all saw this coming and you- you're real dumb for not, like, come on. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the, the, the other thing I'll say is that, like, there's... In the history of college football, even in the recent history of college football, you don't have to go back very far to find them. Like, there's lots of teams that string together 11 or 12 win seasons, you know, that it's like every week you're like, how'd you win that game? TCU last year. 
Yeah, last like, year had one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Florida State in 2014 was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know what generally happens to teams like that? They get blown out by Oregon. No. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, you couldn't have written it up better drama wise, uh, especially like the fact that it's like, well, everything says Oregon, even Vegas says Oregon, but Washington beat them last time. They last two times mm-hmm. they played. Like, yeah, I, I'm very. I mean, excited. if like if the only argument that that the like the fan of that team has is just like, yeah, 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 I know, but like every week they find a way to win. I mean, that is like, that kind of. That's like that's uh, that's not an argument. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's not. But I mean, that's all. That's all you got. You know, and it may work. Who knows? I yeah. I, I'm excited for the game. Very excited for the game. You talked about how hard it is to go 12 and 0 Hitler Day. Well, I think you and I owe a little bit of uh, we need to show some respect to someone. Oh, because I got them all right on this podcast. Who went 12 and 0? Aaron Schroeder picked yeah, every single That's what I over Are you under kidding? correctly. Yeah. I am not kidding. Are you kidding? I As you were looking episode, through them, I was like, oh, I'm nailing this, I looked I through every single one. If you want to call out his – he said, wow. under for UCLA, under for USC, under for yeah, Utah. Did you have it on the screen? Did you make a graphic for I it? did not make a graphic, but I have it written <laughs> down right here. Um, wow. yeah, not no, good enough. I, I over for Arizona. Arizona. Under yeah. for Wazoo, under That's for funny. ASU. Uh, he he, yeah, it's it's truly amazing. Over wow. for Cal, over for Colorado, even. Wow. Uh, yep. Well, no, I always had faith that I was a hardcore. You said Stan- five Sanders wins fan. for Colorado, which is not not quite. Dude, if you took that twelve win loss total parley to oh, Vegas, you'd be a millionaire, bro. Oh. You would have had to put up like ten dollars or something like that. You would have. Oh my God! Next year, okay. <laughs> Pick the entire conference correctly. Yeah, yeah. For, for real, I I like quadruple check this thing because I was like, wait, did he really? At first, I had eleven and one, and then I looked at the math again, and I'm like, wait, no, he picked well, over Freyasu or under Freyasu. Honestly, yeah, twelve and zero. Now. Now the reason why I did so bad through the whole season makes so much more sense is because I literally blew my entire universe tapping load. You know what? On the That's beginning, gross. First of all, but um, Aaron, did you know? I think the main difference when we picked these, you chose. I asked you right off the bat, do you want to go first or do you want to go in? That send the set the trend for the entire rest of the sure. time. When you were picking these, you were really adamant on don't give me a single bit of information. And every time you would just literally be like, I need silence. Let me Uh commune with the – yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really what you got to be doing. Yeah, I tapped it, baby. Now, for Hithliday got eight of these correct. I got seven of these correct. Which ones did I miss on? Let's see. Let us see. I should have known that y'all be a little more interested in on this one. I'll I mean, just, I know I missed on, ones, on USC and UCLA. Uh, ASU. Obviously. You said over, yeah. which is surprising. What uh, did I say? I said over on ASU. I have overwritten here. I have over. Huh. Um, I guess. All right. You thought you were really on the fence about maybe a win over Utah, and you leaned win over Utah. Um, you went huh. under for Cal. 
You went. I'm just doing which are the ones you didn't choose uh, with Aaron. Well, that's it. That's uh, the four. Yeah, UCLA and uh, yeah, USC. Aaron, congratulations. That's pretty fantastic. Thank you. That's kind of exciting. I have to say, mm-hmm. I wish we would have put $10 down for well, each duh, of Well, now. <laughs> Parlay, baby. <laughs> Literally be thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow, that's um, so funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, shit, dude. On the other hand, this looks terrible for yeah, me. Yeah, this, this negates so everything good. I did. We could take all 12 of those picks Add them here, and you would still very much be in last place. Is this, is this going yeah. into week This is going into the final 15? week. I had to okay. do some pretty crazy drastic picks to try to catch up with Day. That's right. I did not. Thank God, because if I would have, that means Oregon would not be in the Pac-12 championship game right now. Right. Instead, uh, Day got five of six correct. I've got two of six. I, I gave you the gimme in the Territorial Cup because I was feeling bad You're, for you. Yeah, clearly. Uh, you you wanted the – well, can you imagine if ASU would have upset? That, that would have been quite the 6-0 and to get there. I mean, yeah. Aaron – I felt I felt really bad because I was going like – if I just picked the six favorites in a super chalk rivalry weekend I'm and just smash at them. <laughs> so I I just picked the like – because the territorial crap is the craziest of the rivalry yeah, games, yeah, yeah. like it's the one where the the most upsets happen. So I was like, "All right, yeah. if, the, if the cosmos comes through for me on that one, then I'll deserve it." Fair but, enough. Yeah. And even with the crazy in the craziness, I still wasn't willing to pick Colorado, even though it wasn't that crazy. <laughs> to pick, apparently. Um, Aaron, we'll give you those twelve points. We'll just add them here. Nah, it still would mean you and I are tied sixty three. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And Hith ends with sixty nine. Nice. Hey, nice. that was the Great Pick'em Challenge. Hitha Day, you are the champion this season. We have one last thing to do here, as we all know. Super sp- – and, and Aaron, you're the champion of the preseason. Dear Lord, 12-0. Legendary. 12-0 Absolutely is legendary. very impressive, especially given that you did it based on, like, which mascots he likes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if Washington like, – What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> If Washington goes twelve and zero, not impressive. If if Aaron does, oh my god! I mean, honestly, given that it's a it's yeah. a fifty fifty, right? Like yeah. over like no, over unders insane. on win totals, or you know, like getting eight of them right, uh, you know, like I, I'm too better than average, right? Like I should That's be happy. Good. Aaron went twelve and zero. Went twelve and, and he 0. picked based on like <laughs> I like your mascot. Yeah, like, I'm 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 shattered by this. Yeah. Like, your whole <laughs> exactly. I it's don't know. my whole thing, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like what it's like what my character does. Well, if that's the case, then without hearing any other information, Pac-12 championship game this Friday. Aaron, give us a super, oh, yeah. spe- super specific prediction right now. Oh, a uh, super specific prediction is we win by twenty-one points, uh, and the game is over halfway through the third. Hmm. Look at that. I really like that prediction. Halfway through, I fucking love that. I'll tell you this, Aaron. Here's... I mean, not just like as a duck fan. I mean, like, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. So Fingers crossed. So much. I'll give you this. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen, but throw it out there. Why not? We fall behind 17-0. to zero God, I hate you. Early in the second quarter, but finish this game winning by more than two scores. That's what I say. It's going to be us rallying. It's going to take us a little wake-up call need, but then we're going to boom, 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 boom. 
There was something that Hitler today said earlier, right? Where you were going kind of like, we're either going to like really smoke them or they're going to kind of smoke us because of jitters, what have you, et cetera, or something. Uh, like the bad, the worst news thing, that's the way we lose this game. I did have a thought where I was like, oh, geez, maybe this is one of those ones where we're like kind of scared for the first quarter, but we get our shit. Yeah, I actually together. don't, even though that's my prediction. I don't think there's. You still don't think it's real. I don't think there's an Oregon Ducks team that's been more ready to play another Facts, team dude. than this yeah. team right now. Like, yeah, they if, for real are Dan, so hungry. Dan Lanning's got them ready to like, like every tackle may be a pile driver. It, it's like, I think he's got them ready to play, and it's kind of almost low key. It's not good that we lost to him, but the fact that we lost to him gives you just that automatic like. Yeah, I mean, if you got to split. If you got to split a, a two-game series with a team, this yeah. is the one to win. Exactly. Uh, Hithaday, what's your super specific prediction? Um, I I have one. I'm not real happy uh, about or like. Th- there are some people who would make this prediction with a big, like, evil smile on their face. I don't have a big evil smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like this is as an analyst. I think the one that fits best. Um. Uh, uh, Michael Penix won't finish this game. Ooh, I mean, like it'll we've be been Dylan saying. Oof, that's that is rough. And and I think us as a podcast, I think we've talked about this enough. Uh, nothing really, like no hatred towards the even players of this Washington team. Like Michael Penix is a really fun player yeah, no. to watch. If he wasn't playing for Washington, yeah, yeah like and like yeah. if anybody, like no no human being deserves to be hurt. Definitely not kids. Um definitely not kids mm. who are playing for our entertainment. Um like but if if anybody definitely doesn't deserve, you know, to be hurt even of that, you know, group, like it's a guy who goes through all like the injury history that Michael Penix does. And so like this speculation that he's been playing hurt for all these weeks, like you know, really sort of that that really sucks and you know the idea that he takes a bunch of shots and like he can't finish the game like is Mm -hmm. not i don't like relish that prospect by by any way shape or form but like his coaching staff may need to pull throw in the towel yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean anyone's like he's not he's not mobile enough Mm. like Whereas, that, remember in 2020 when Dylan Morris was their starting quarterback and he literally didn't take a sack? I mean, he only yeah. played four games. But, like, you know, it's because he's escapable enough to, to, to get away and throw the ball away. Let me tell you this, then. This is going to be nuts and definitely something I should be adding to the end of a long podcast. But, Hithaday, do you think they would have a better chance if right at the beginning Dylan Morris starts? Wow. He hasn't, he hasn't really been playing. Yeah, good point. Good, good idea. Good but, like... Maybe. Anyways, uh, here's one more little secret prediction to Bo Heisman. This is the game that does it. This is the game that solidifies it with his five touchdowns. All right, everybody. We'll either be really happy or really sad next time you see us. Well, next week, anyways. Um, Quack, quack. Go Ducks. Go Ducks!